To get rid of those pesky ads, request stories, listen to unlisted and bonus episodes, and to chat with the gang, support us by clicking the description link. Jen, what are we drinking today? So this is from a local brewery, Ghost Monkey Brewery. Um, the name is For Fox Sake, and it is a sake lager. Yeah, I think good. it's really good. And Nicole found me this 82nd Airborne mug. It's at, so cool. Uh, she found a set I of found them too. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool until you've been in the 82nd and then it just sucks. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think this is a nice Goodwill find? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. This is the old logo for, for them. I'm pretty sure the 82nd's changed their logo. Vintage. Did you taste this? You want? This will sell. I mean, I know we're not going to sell. Did you watch these? Yeah, yes. she did. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, with monkeypox going around, you can't be too careful. We have quite a few folks on here. We've oh. got Wolfie, Shram, uh, let's see, Martin, oh, Ashley, Natasha. Damn, everyone's excited to hear this. Sarah. Sarah's new, I hey, believe. Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Sarah. Well, shit, I better put a story together real quick. I'm just kidding. I don't have one. I'm just kidding. I got one. <laughs> These guys will, will be here all the time. One time at Goodwill, I found a large glass jar with weed in them, Shamarama <laughs> said. That's Only amazing. Only in California, I yeah, feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's too funny. Uh, that's amazing. So what's up, all you guys? Oh, my gosh, what? there's so many people on. That is no, crazy. Good. What's up, everybody? This is episode Trace of our best friend, BF, Bob Berdilla. All right, dude, check out this right quick. So I never, I've seen some photos of Bob Berdilla. Bob Berdilla. What is his name? Berdilla. Bob Berdilla. But I've never, ever seen this photo. This is freaking epic. Let me know what you guys think of this one right here how about that one wow <laughs> he he's um reminds me of that statue with the guy the thinker his, yeah the thinker there you go uh, is, this, is, he a, is this like a jc jc penny special where you go to the <laughs> but photos it, it's by himself like this is a year there's nothing against the rules that says you can't get a personal photo shoot though. the, the is caps this for his like it's is it for bob's bizarre well bizarre? hold on no no so his bizarre bizarre you mean the caption reads as follows this series of studio portraits was taken in the fall of 1987 by Linda Rice, co-owner of Color Classics. Berdella had the pictures made as a Christmas pre present for his parents. Oh. Of the half-hour portrait session, she said, quote, he's real good in front of a camera. He knew exactly what he wanted. I've been... <laughs> Wait, and it was this? <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is exactly what he wanted? <laughs> I guess so. Blue steel. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, that's... Awesome. <laughs> Do you think he played that song, I'm too sexy boy. <laughs> I don't, was it out by then? Right side uh, Fred, when were they around? Gosh, I don't know. Was, I feel like that's close. But I mean, this is like, I, I want that one, that one with the sombrero on his head so I can hang it in my office as like someone I know. That is crazy. That's special. <laughs> that is a very special uh, gift that you gave us. Thank you. Or Yeah, thank you. Um, all right, let's get into some BF. What does BF stand for? <laughs> Best friend. Best friends. Either that or what's the other one it stands for? Butt fucking. <laughs> butt fucking. <laughs> it is butt fucking. Also, F-R-T-F does not mean fart fuck. It means front fuck. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. I thought it meant fart fuck, which is the same as a butt fuck. But no, it's not. That's not a real thing, is it? In my head where oh, I just God, made up the dude. term. It is. I hate that word. We don't say the F word in this house at all. Not the F-A-R-T word. Correct. Yeah. It is poot in this house. And that is all it is. 
<laughs> I know. Like after after living here for some time, I also stopped saying fart, and I only. Why are you saying it now? You know it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Because it, it, it's you come back the to me. Bomb, Jen. God. Remember, all right. On last episode, I told you about the photographs, and we're going to see all the photographs that are out tonight. The Polaroids. But do you remember I said that the the Polaroids actually had some of his body parts in it, like his belly, for example, or maybe his thigh so the detectives made him, they got a search warrant for his body i didn't know you could do that well all right here's a question here's, I guess a, here's, that makes a, sense. here's a trivia question what other serial killer had a search warrant for a specific part of his body can as well? we answer no the detectives made bob strip down and perform every one of the polaroids again in the detective room in the interrogation room and it was obviously really embarrassing for him and that's that's why they did it. They got the search warrant because he had to strip naked. And then, for instance, there was a stool. They brought in a stool. He had to spread his knees apart and recreate having anal sex with this stool. It, I'm, this is serious. <laughs> he really had no, to do I, this. I, I, sorry, I had to do a <laughs> mental double take because I was listening. And then I was like, OK, so he had to he had to. BF and FRT FU in these photos yeah, fr- with a stool. No, FF. FF is front fuck. I don't know. Yes. He had to do that. Also, the detective put out his finger and he had a glove on because no one wants freaking Ron Jeremy to touch you, you know? So he has a glove on and Bob Berdella had to pretend it is was a carrot because in one of the photos, Bob Berdella has a carrot. And this photo, I was reading about it, it took a long time to, to get because he wouldn't do his arm right. Like it's grass. He was grasping a carrot like this. So they had to like redo the shot numerous I was going to ask if he like tried to like fake like he didn't do it be like is this how you do it and I was about to say like a guy with that's like, comfortable in the, ca- in the ca- in front of a camera like that <laughs> is not going to be able to fake it because it's just so natural for him so I do like that picture <laughs> with, with him like this I'm going to recreate that picture <laughs> and hang him up here that could be a, a gift a Christmas you know card. you could do a, a, a like print it side yes, by side yeah. we, we need to take John like, to like we, we each recreate one and have them side by side yes and it'll be our Christmas cards our I love holiday it. cards yeah and we'll send them to all the Supremas I Who love gets that to wear the sombrero dude. I love that I'll do the one where he's holding it over his heart if you want <laughs> we're, we're actually starting with the second victim tonight remember we stopped wait where did we stop last week we were talking about the first victim this well the first this, we talked about the last victim and then we talked about the first victim how many victims are there all right all right this is this is robert sheldon he is the third victim you see this is one of the polaroids he is the caption here from the kansas city police department robert sheldon after being drugged into unconsciousness by Berdella. So you see him there. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a very mild photo Yeah. from what you're going to see. And with these photos, it's important to look at the uh, the shock value of, the, of their eyes, especially the, because they're getting tortured. Not this guy, obviously. But, right. I mean, he was getting tortured, but he's unconscious. Well, well, that's one of the questions I had yesterday. Like, how do you in, in these pictures? Because you said there were different pictures, like ones when they're sleeping, ones with them unconscious, one with them dead. Like how it, like you can't necessarily tell in the pictures. Yeah, I know. No, that's yeah you can't you can't tell that's true i'm gonna read this as a quote from bob Berdella. he says quote 
Robert first showed up at my house April 10th and died on April 14th. He died basically in the same manner and cause that Jerry Howell died. We covered the Jerry Howell victim last time, and that's the one that was strung up. This guy was strung up, and remember it was his first kill by Berdella, so he didn't do the torture thing. Yeah, he was hanging upside down. Yes, and then he was basically drained. Yeah. So that was before Bob Berdella got into his routine. A lot of these victims, most of them, and there were seven, most of the victims die from some part of the torture method, and and they don't know the exact causes because they only found the skulls, but most most people think it's because the vomit, they would choke on their own vomit while the gag is in their mouth type of thing, and that would kill them. Mm. But Bob did take, did, did take all those notes in his journal, so we do see when they died, you know, mm-hmm. but we just don't know how they died. But he does say that on, on this one specifically that he did put a, a trash bag over this man's head and let that do the trick. Now, he would put the bag over his head and then go, like, feed his dogs. So that That's what a psychopath is. Like, it's it's just something to do. Like, it's another task. Okay, I gotta, I gotta kill this guy right quick. I gotta put the bag on his head and, oh, shit, I gotta feed the dogs. Like, there's no empathy there, right? It's kind of crazy. Task on the to-do list. Yeah, yeah, unless he had ADHD, which, I mean, like, for me personally, I suffer kind of with, like, I'll be doing a task and, um, like, I could be doing my dishes and then I remember, oh, crap, I have to take the trash out and I'll stop what I'm doing and take the trash out and then I'll come back and then I'm like, oh, but since I'm taking the trash out, I might as well do the recycling. And if I'm doing the recycling, then I need to make sure that I take everything out of my car. And if I take everything out of my car, I should probably vacuum my car out type of, you know what I mean? God, that gave me anxiety. It is anxiety provoking, yes. Jesus Christ. Now, I want to read that one last thing again. So he says, on that one, the Sheldon one, Sheldon died when I put a trash bag over his head, tied it, and allowed him to suffocate. So he used the word allowed, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, he's in I'm, control. I mean, I'm not saying he's that. in control. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I I mean, I don't think a regular person would use the word. Oh, I allowed him to suffocate. You know, yeah, I don't know. It just sounds kind of weird to me anyway. Yeah, I yeah, I get what you're saying. Robert Sheldon was once a boarder and like a lot of the victims, he was a, a drug addict as well. And something flew on my what the face. Fuck, dude, you just hit yourself in the face. <laughs> a bug flew on my nose like it was so you like popped yourself in the face. Did that not hurt? No, I mean, it was better than having a bug on my nose. Did you get it? I think so. It's still there. No, it's not. <laughs> Use your fist. Shut up. <laughs> Cut it with this box cutter. Robert Sheldon showed up because he wanted to buy some Thorazine from Bob Berdella. Remember it says, so Bob, Bob Berdella had all the best drugs because he has three chow chows and most of those drugs that people couldn't get and only can get from Bob Berdella were the, the animal tranks. Hey, and those things put you out completely. And people like that. I guess the druggies back then love that. I don't think that's a thing anymore. Maybe it is. So from time to time, this guy did live with Bob as a boarder. $125 a month. So they did know each other, right? That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. But even then, Robert Sheldon failed to pay rent. And then one day he was just gone. But then he would show up two years later and, you know, spark a friendship again. And Bob would let him move in. And then the same thing happens. So in Bob's mind, these people that he's being nice to and getting off the street and letting live in his house and have to deal with them not paying rent and then being drunk all the time and whatever like they're they're using him so when it turn when it comes time to kill this guy putting a bag over his head is 
you know, kind of what he deserves in Bob's mind. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. This is the the journal before the Sheldon murder reads as follows, quote, R.S. on binge, which means that Robert Sheldon was staying at the house and he's binge drinking again, not paying rent, just complete drunk all the time. An hour or so later after he wrote that, Bob Berdella injected him in the neck with trank, animal tranquilizers. How long do those take to kick in? Because it's weird. Pretty, pretty think, quick, I guess. When you think about dosages in animals, like like for dogs, you have to cut a human dose because mm-hmm. it's, it's a small being so i wonder how much you would have to give a person of an animal tranquilizer at this point bob berdella takes off his own pants and robert sheldon's pants because sheldon is now unconscious he is out this animal trank has got him so now all bob's got to do is bring him to the second floor and tie him up put a dog collar on him start his thing the next entry was, quote, 1115, and the, the journal entry beside it said BF, which means best friend. Yeah. Right? Well, that's what best friends do, right? I mean. At 1125, so 10 minutes later, was the next entry, and that entry said DC. Anyone want to take a guess what DC is? Something cucumber. <laughs> uh, Dick carrot? Dick cucumber? Dick carrot. <laughs> I feel like Jen's onto something. I mean, he. We know he used vegetables. Yeah. We also know he used drain cleaner. Oh yeah, Drano. DC was DC stands for drain cleaner. Oh in, boy. In the in the eye with the cotton oh, swabs. Oh yeah. And he he would uh, swab it in his eyes. Yeah, that's terrible. What's wrong with you? We don't like to think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. But you're right though. Like. Compared now, compared to like the our first couple episodes of reactions, I'm just like, oh. But the detective asked, quote, now, when you say drain cleaner, are you referring to something like Drano? Bob Berdella says the following. Yes, it was a cotton swab of the drain cleaner. I placed it in his left eye and I did that to obviously damage his eye and cause some pain. Well, at least he's being honest. Berdella said as if the question were an unnecessary one, perhaps getting into being able to permanently damage his eyes, which would have then made it easier to keep him and control him. That's what Bob Berdella says. So if I can damage his eyes, I can keep him. So at this point, he's starting to, re- and this is third, so he's starting to refer to these people as captives. He knows he can't let them go. He already decided that because they would just go to the cops. He's in it now. Yeah, exactly. So he's in it. So, you know, I got to keep him. I might as well control him. And what's the best way to do that is cut off his senses. You take the eyes out, at least temporarily yeah. blind them. Remember I said the thing about the caulk? You caulk mm-hmm. their ears so they can't hear anything Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and then you put drano shoot it into their vocal cords so they can't speak you got like everything here right touch and smell left now this was the first time robert sheldon was the first victim that i believe bob berdello really knew in his mind that okay i am the master i get to keep this guy and this is the only one that he actually branded he branded this this man with a tattoo using a hot needle and an ink while 
while Sheldon was unconscious, Bob Rodella tattooed the word hot, H-O-T, on his back left shoulder. Quote, I think the act was putting my mark on him, but what I put on him wasn't significant. He just wanted to tattoo anything so he would be branded to him. He put the word hot. Now, he was really attracted to Robert Sheldon. He did say that a few times, but it's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So Sheldon wakes up and Sheldon wakes up. He's pleading for his life. The next journals read as follows. S and then a space and then W. Y'all, y'all won't guess that. So I'll tell you what it is. That means soap and water enema. Remember I showed you the actual oh, enema, yeah, enema yeah, yeah. that they were using? That became that came right before another journal entry that said CF, which is... Carrot fuck. Carrot fuck. I, I can guess pretty much <laughs> anything that ends in F in these journals. And that's... <laughs> And that's about it. <laughs> okay. John gets an absolute kick out of it when he's saying <laughs> that, though. The, he gets so giggly. The whole episode, I'm just going to loop you saying carrot fuck, carrot fuck, carrot fuck, carrot fuck, carrot fuck. <laughs> Do like different. Carrot fuck. Carrot fuck. <laughs> so he he does give an, an enema before this now the thing about the carrots and the cucumbers he would do interchangeably usually with cu- cu- cucumbers he would do c-u-c-f for cuke and then carrot would just be c-f but i want to say so it really should have called it a cuck fuck yeah i want to instead s- of a cuke fuck it doesn't sound as good i want to say that he was not doing this for sexual gratification he was doing it for dominance later you, you remember last time we we read that oh if with chris bryson what he's what he say if you're good then i'll buy you cigarettes and maybe i'll stop by the movie store and rent a movie for you like he's you're captive and you're you're telling him if you're good you'll you know you'll rent a movie so he it's is like doing stockholm syndrome yeah he's doing this to completely break down this captive because he wants that puppy mm-hmm. dog that walks around you know yeah and pr- he pretty much got it like some of these guys some of these guys play ball you know they they did that. They were like, whatever, man, I'll, I'll be your slave type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Chris Bryson's the only one that he was like, I got to get the hell out of here. I was reading some more of his interview. He said Bob Burdell actually put on one of the uh, basketball games. It was like the finals or playoffs or something like whatever it is. And one of the basketball players said something about, you know, you got to stay motivated or whatever. And that's what motivated Chris Bryson to get out. Kind of interesting. Hmm. You know, he and Bob Burdell had that on in the background. Hmm. But most of these guys, they were just, they accepted it, which is, you know, I mean, you're getting fucked with carrots. You got electric shocks going into your testicles. Like, what the fuck? In your eyeballs? Crazy shit. Well, he said that when when Chris Bryson cut off his ropes, he ran to the window expecting it to be all locked and bolted. The thing basically fell out of the freaking thing. Yeah. He said that the, um, the window lifted right up. He was like... What the hell? So you can see that Bob Burdell is really not, you know, he's hes really not taking well, it, the time either, to, to do things right. Either that or he was just overly confident in his not tying abilities and the fact that no one would test him yeah. to do that. They, you know, he probably 
was banking on the fact that his captors, his captives eventually would just give up and not try to escape. Later that morning in the journal, it reads as follows. Acupuncture with needles. Quote, I tried to see what kind of response using regular hypodermic needles of pain spots or where the spots he would react to. Now, Bob Rodella found a couple spots that worked best. And one of those spots were putting that little needle, a tiny little needle under your fingertips. I don't like that. And well, and th- so think about a lot of little needles under, like you kind of mm-hmm. pull your skin back. I'd rather not. On your finger. No. And, nope. And you can, there's that little space right there. Mm-hmm. You're putting. No. And these are acupuncture needles. <laughs> these are actual, because remember he has that shop. So he has access to this stuff. Right. So he has these acupuncture needles and he's putting, I don't know, probably a hundred in every, uh, in, in the entire two hands under the fingernails. <sighs> And he's probably pushing them in there pretty far. That that would be kind of bad. Is it bad that I think that so far that his that's one of his worst torture it techniques? me out. Yeah, that's... Well, this ouch. is one of his first, too. Remember, we had started with, like, the last. He's, yeah. He's already got his thing. So now now he's building it up. He's, te- he's, he's trying things. You know how serial killers, they try things. Yeah. That's why the MO changes. They're like, oh, I didn't like, I didn't like choking her to death with you know, her shoestring. I'm not just, you or my hands. Next time I'm going to use a shoestring or whatever. That's why the MO changes. So he's trying things. Later that night, he uses the the letters EK, which in, in all the other entries, it would be EKG for the electric shocks, right? Mm-hmm. And that, this is interesting. This is another one of the innovative things that he did. He took two needles and stuck them in the back of Robert Sheldon and connected the wires to those and had them the electricity so he can kind of see it go straight into the body. Later, remember, he'd use a spatula, which is even smarter because he can move it around. Yeah. But yeah. So the next day, he binded his hand so tight with a piano piano wire. And the reason he did that was, quote, to cause nerve damage to the hands so that if I ever did untie him, he wouldn't have control or be able to use his hands. So, I mean... The, the circuit, the piano wire is very thin. Yeah, like, it, very thin. It's it's is it thinner than like a guitar string? Is yeah, it, the very lowest. Um, well, Schrammer, I could probably tell us, but the very lowest, uh, not the G string, but the the <laughs> carrot string. Mom, <laughs> mom. The the. the <laughs> The e, right below the G string <laughs> actually is right. E-A-D-G-B-E. Yeah. No. Yeah. That string is very thin. So a piano wire is even thinner. It's like a fishing line mm. or probably even thinner than that. And it's usually strung so tightly. Yeah. So mm. that's around your wrist. All your circulation's cut off. I mean, and that yeah. causes nerve damage, I guess, from what Bob and, and so he's already bound them with this piano wire and that's when he's... No, no. This is before. According oh. to this journal, it was the next day. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. So this being the third victim, he just decides that he's done with it. He puts a trash bag over his head and secures it with a rope, you know, and lets them kind of suck in and die. So that's how he does this. Now let's, and we're going to get to probably the worst one here in a second. The This guy actually, I'll tell you right now, there was a captive we're going to talk about, Larry Pearson, who actually bit his penis, Bob Berdella's penis. So imagine like the rage. There is going to come out in that. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I feel like 
that was smart, but also not smart to do. Oh, yeah. Like smart as in it, it could have helped you try to get away in that moment, but not smart because it going forward would make your life mm. even worse. So I talked to, you know, we talked about the, the background, everything last time. The, the basic MO with this guy is on the surface, he's a good guy. And like I said, I mean, ironically, if it wasn't for the murder stuff and the rape and torture, he does do good things for the community. Like, real good things like he was taking in as an adult he was taking in troubled teens and getting them straightened out like he was really helping people but you know he's just sexual I'm trying to just had this like one little flaw yeah <laughs> I mean other than that just but one of, guy. one of his boarders who made it out wasn't a uh, sex victim said quote Bob tried to control young people primarily by loaning them money through rent and utilities car loans housing them when they were in trouble stuff like that so remember the um we talked about the guy um last time jerry howell mm -hmm. he was in trouble with the police he needed a lawyer so he went and contacted bob and bob was like yeah sure you know let me help you out type of thing he did that to kind of get him in the door right yeah all mm -hmm. right also i feel like by being a decent human outside of the torturing and murdering like it would kind of take the spotlight away from him as a suspect had yeah had um and not gone out you know like if no one would suspect him yeah yeah and i feel like that's a common theme amongst serial killers mm -hmm. well that's a good point so this is the only home that bob bob has been living here since a junior okay since he was a junior in college mm -hmm. a long time right over he 20 bought years. his own house yeah so when you just said that the uh, the community is the South Hyde Park, Bob actually set up personally. This is before the murders and before he even started probably even thinking about doing this stuff. He actually set up the Crime Watch program for the entire South Hyde Park, which is not just his neighborhood, but all the surrounding neighborhoods. And he was the liaison and he was working with the cops and, and getting crime off the street. He was like turning kids that were getting into drugs like teenagers and turning them around mm. you know it, it's crazy because you know what happened like all of a sudden in the 80s it's just like boom he's dipped and he was he was not the guy you i mean yeah he probably had the ron jeremy stash but in th that, but in those photos that you see, the only photos you see, he's overweight. He's like, you know, he was apparently a good-looking guy, thin, kind of ambitious. You know, he bought his own house as a junior, and he's so. What happened? Yeah, you know? like it's like a switch went off. Yeah, exactly. I, I wonder if he had a bad incident with one of his boarders and was just like, you know what? I'm just going to start killing people. Well, I did. I don't think I put this in here, but it is good to know this as far as the background. I don't know if I talked about this last time, but when he was 16, he was a short order cook. Remember I said that mm -hmm. he was sexually assaulted. assaulted in some way. I don't know, rape or whatever by an older gentleman that he worked with. I don't know if that may have had something to do with it he said he talks about like his dad beating him and stuff like that but i'm telling you the way he talks about it i don't think emotion i think it was a little bit emotional and physical abuse but dude i don't think it was anything from what i saw the family was pretty decent you know i mean he's got a younger brother eight years younger that didn't turn out to be like this 
this. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. So anyway, let's uh let's get into the next victim, Mike Wallace. And um, he does some interesting things here. I'm just going to read this. Quote, I found out, I found him out, Mike Wallace, in the back of my tool shed hiding from the rain. I brought him into the house at first with his desire. I drugged him and then further drugged him to make him captive. He, on the second day that he was in my house, basically died the same way Howell did when I had put a new gag in and re-drugged him. He apparently asphyxiated, so choked on his vomit. So this guy was depressed, Mike Wallace. He, and Bob didn't know this guy, but he found him outside of his house in the shed trying to get out of the rain. Bob Berdella didn't really know Mike Wallace, but Mike Wallace knew him as a drug dealer because he was there trying to get a shot of ketamine. That's what he wanted. Mm. So Bob gave him a shot of animal tranquilizers instead and one shot of ketamine. And then, and I'm going to read this quote, I injected him several times and one shot of ketamine. Once, once he was out, I had anal sex with him once with a carrot. That's what he says, once with a carrot. Next came the front fucking, as the journal says, and a little notation that says alligator clips. Those clips go on his nipples. <laughs> Nicole's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yep. I just, <laughs> yep. I just, uh, that face you just made was like reevaluating your life choices. <laughs> you were like, well, how did I get? <laughs> it's kind of like the beginning of one of those 80s or 90s movies. You're probably oh. wondering how I ended up in this situation. Well, um, holy shit. Let me tell you. This stuff doesn't even phase me, man. <laughs> no, to be I know, you're honest, just reading down like, the list. I, like I'm just, I'm, I like, I, to be totally honest, I was listening, but I kind of zoned zoned out for a thirty seconds, and then I heard alligator clips, and I'm like, okay, this is where we are right now. After after the anal sex with a carrot came the front fucking and a notation with alligator clips. The clips go on the nipples, and that's a sadomasochistic practice. The clips on the nipples, and then the transformer gets hooked up. That's seven thousand. 700 volts. Bobardella hits the back of, of Wallace's head with a metal or with a uh, rubber mallet to quote cause a little disorientation. Now he hits him firm but just but not like hard as he can because he just wanted to do a mild concussion. That's what Bob says. Then more anal sex, then more needle play in the fingertips and then he noticed that Mark Wallace was dead. Let's talk a little bit about his psychology and then we'll get to the last victim, the one that bit Bobardella's carrot. Bob Bobardella met with this doctor in prison and he didn't want to talk to anyone, but this doctor was a psychiatrist and he was generally interested in why someone would do this. He wasn't going to go sell the information as, as one of the, the people did. Mm -hmm. He wasn't going to go turn it into the police and use it against them. This guy was just really interested and wanted to, to find out what was wrong with Bob or whatever. And this is how we know about his psychology because he, he did for once open up to this guy. So basically the findings are this, and this does kind of tie into his background, but Bob Rodella never accepted the blame for it, even in prison. Mm. So it's stuff like, oh, that guy, yeah, I let him live at my house rent free for a year, and then he stole some of my my stuff. Yeah, so so every Seems a little extreme. Every victim is screwed him over in some way. It's it's more of a 
the you know Bob versus the world. Mm. It's and and I think uh, for Bob, he's a psychopath, so he he doesn't Bob really. Bob eats world. He really does not have any empathy or whatever. But a lot of these killers, I think they do it because the crimes are so horrible that they did that they can't rationalize the thought that they had control in doing it. Remember Jeffrey Dahmer? I mean, I know he was a psychopath too, but like he could not rationalize that he literally did all those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he he made up these this other thing. And so for Bob, it's like the world's against me. Everyone's trying to screw me over type of thing. His father did love sports, but Bob was never athletic. And that was one of the things. The younger brother, eight years younger, got all the attention. The father didn't even care about Bob at all. And the, the a few times I saw that and this is what he's opening up to the psychiatrist that his father was physically and emotionally abusive there was no drugs or alcohol in the family he was raped at 16 as I said where they grew up in Chihuahua Ohio and as a line cook he was assaulted in some way in 1982 Bob talks about how he became emotionally invested in this Vietnam veteran who had a lot of substance and emotional PTSD type of problems Mm -hmm. and that relationship really stuck with him and I don't know what happened he didn't get into the details but it was traumatic for him whatever it was he never disclosed anything other than that this is from what the psychiatrist says quote in general Mr. Mr. Berdella has never been comfortable with homosexual individuals and has some significant degree of ambivalence about these relationships just like Dahmer right he's I mean just like all yeah well not all a lot of the killers that we cover that okay it's like obviously you you're you're homosexual because your victims are men but they don't want to admit it and I think a lot of it is because their religious backgrounds like mm-hmm. his father is Irish Catholic although Bob Rodella was pretty much atheist that still weighs on him and remember Jeffrey Dahmer is the same way like God, remember he had that two-year struggle, and with that, and that was with his homosexuality, shame, but guilt. At, yeah, but at the end of the day, your victims are men, and that's what you're. You know, what I'm saying, like, just, just admit it. Like, well, I mean, I could. I, I don't know. I don't. That's not my forte. Though. I can see that, but I can also see how. It may, they may not be homosexual. They may be like bi curious or um, or have some sort of interest in um, in in exploring their sexuality. But that doesn't necessarily make them gay. But it could be, um, you know, for example, his father was you know Irish Catholic, and he had that he was raised that way. And because he was raised that way, he and and I'm not saying him specifically, because in this case, he did, you know, he did um, perform um, homosexual acts on his victims. But like he could be killing them, you know, some circles could be killing um, homosexuals because they have it it could be a hate crime the same way that some serial killers um, target other sex workers because they feel, you know, it's. It's kind of they're kind of in their terms like cleansing society of you know these things that shouldn't be done. So yeah, Interesting. the Green River Killer is like that. That's who I'm, I was thinking of. Yeah, I'm helping society. I killed thirty prostitutes. I mean, 
okay. <laughs> I know when to shut up here. All right. So Bob Riddell, obviously, he has that Bob's Bar Bizarre Bizarre. He is interested in stuff like Taoism, Buddhism, witchcraft, occult stuff, stuff like that. But he's not satanic. They did go down the satanic road, but this was the freaking 80s. So who did? Everyone who went didn't? down the satanic yeah. road. Satanic panic. He said he only had to kill because he, quote, burned his bridges and went too far, like I said. For the control of his victims, he said that it, quote, reduced to the level of, say, a blow-up doll or a clay figure you would make as a kid and moving around, having complete control over, over it. Bob Rodella is known as the Kansas City Butcher and also the Collector, which is kind of a weird moniker. The reason why is because, quote, a film that I saw as a teenager that I guess had a lasting fantasy, a dark fantasy in my mind, was a film called The Collector about a man who lived the fantasy of kidnapping this one woman and then kept her as, ca as a captive in a small shed, trying at that point to build up a relationship with her when she was captive and i think that's probably the first clear event that became a mental fantasy of myself that relates to any of this there were incidents thoughts prior to that movie the movie just gave me the framework to be able to fantasize it and in 84 i started allowing my dark fantasies to come true latin we're done with bob Rodella, but one more victim larry pearson he was the one right before the uh, chris bryson who escaped mm -hmm. now this was the first that he actually drugged this guy's food. That's the first time I saw that. Put Trank in his food. Quote, he had been staying at my house in the summer of 87 and after a couple weeks, I drugged his food one night, tied him up, kept him in the basement for a week, and then with his cooperation, moved him up to the second floor where he stayed with me and was fully cooperative up until the evening of August the 5th of 1987. This man was completely compliant for a week. He bit Bob's penis so hard that it, it completely lacerated it. Bob had to go to the emergency room and oh my he almost had a John Bobbitt moment. Three shots of Trank at 7.50 p.m. Bob Rodella takes Pearson down to the basement. He puts electrodes up to him and and starts the, the electric shock treatment. At this point Bob's also referring to these people as patients when he's talking to detectives. He's like I then hooked up the electrodes to the patient. It's just like weird that he would do that. Yeah that is weird. He then puts Drano in the throat, like he always does. He keeps Pearson Tuesday the 23rd through the 28th in his basement. He makes Pearson call him, quote, Master Bob. This was the first time that, and Pearson is the first one that's really, he's really subservient to, to Bob. Piano wires on risk. This is also the first time that Bob actually puts a dog collar on the victim. The next one would be Chris Bryson. Mm -hmm. And since Pearson is so subservient... And loyal to Bob, he actually wears a dog collar. And when he's got to go pee, he walks, Bob Bob walks Pearson to the bathroom with the dog leash and the collar. Like, you know, he does this throughout the house. Even Crazy. if he's like, and since he's so loyal, he kind of lets him like come down to the kitchen and make a sandwich. And let's go. I got the leash. But not loyal enough to not be on the leash. It, well, not yet. Ex yeah, exactly. At night, the leash was tethered to the collar as usual. And then that collar was tethered to the bedpost. So just like a dog, the dog is sleeping right by the bed. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, he's getting this. And this is the, the last one that he's going to do right before the guy escapes. So, yeah. I mean, I can imagine if he would have did five more, what it would have looked like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kind of crazy. I don't want to imagine. Berdella said, quote, one 
one of the things I was teaching him was if I was, you know, there with him and watching TV, I didn't want to be disturbed. I explained to him that if he created a problem, that I would just as soon move him back to the basement, that he would either behave himself or go back to the basement. He didn't want to go back to the basement. So he's kind of referring to him as a dog. Mm. Now, Pearson kept disturbing Berdella and Berdella said, I informed him that he was going to get a couple shots of electricity. Uh, He fully cooperated while I gave him three shots of electricity. So at that point, like he, when he was acting up and disturbing Bob during his movie night, Bob gave him three shots of electricity, like a child or, I mean, not a child, but he's disciplining him. It's kind of crazy. So he started, this guy Pearson actually started pleasing Bob on his own by by uh, when he was getting raped he would be like i you know i'm i'm a bad i'm bad or what you know he would say these he would kind get of, into the sex thing to please bob kind of pavlovian ironically yeah when you think about him putting a dog collar on and but when he did that when he would get rewarded he would get breakfast and stuff like that bob would make him breakfast as a dog it's crazy the routine would be berdella began i'd wake up in the morning have sex with him prepare the breakfast for both of us, feed him, tie him down while I went to work or ran any errands that I might have ran, gotten back from work, came up, untied him, gave him a couple cigarettes to smoke, and I would always bring a cold drink up to the kitchen when I first came up and allowed him to drink that while I prepared supper or made my phone calls or fed the dogs or whatever else I had to do. Then I would usually just go up and spend the rest of the evening with him unless I had some meeting or errands that I had to run. He would be very cooperative. He would allow me to tie him back down. All right. I said that he, a week into this training, he completely um, nearly severs the tip of Bob's penis, lacerates it so bad that Bob ties him down, goes to the hospital, and they said, sir, you can't not stay. I mean, they said, you need you need major surgery. You have to be here at least three days. Hmm. And they had to stitch it up and everything. So, Bob Bob goes back home. He says he got to check on the dogs. He goes and he does that. He puts food out and, and and whatever. And instead of tying up Pearson, which he was about to do, he says the cab outside, the the the, um, the cab that was going to take him back to the uh, hospital, honked his horn. And in a rush, he just quickly put a bag over his head and killed him. So he didn't want to miss the cab. So he just put a bag over wow. his head and killed him real quick and wow. then jumped in the cab. How crazy crazy is that? Sorry, I can't be bothered to hook you up to the bed, so I'm just going <sighs> to kill you. This is some of the photographs. This is what you guys been wanting to see you now. Yeah, Th- this is uh, Pearson right here. This is his face battered and his right hand broken. So this is what oh, he yeah. looks like here. I'll do another one. And you see he's kind of unconscious there. This is a crazy one right here. Larry oh. Pearson. Look at this. Look at the, the syringes. Oh my God. You see the <gasps> syringes there? Yeah. Ugh. This is the actual photograph. You see yeah. the, how the gag is the gag is tied around his uh, yeah. arms too? Yeah. And then his arms are up. Now Chris Bryson was tied like this if you remember and then he said you know Bob can you please tie my hands in front of me because this is, is very painful and Bob did so and that's that's the reason he he could get out because he could he free freed his right hand but that's how the hands were usually tied to begin with Jeez. so this one says Pearson Larry Pearson shortly after being captured by Berdella in June 1987 handcuffed gag with piano wire and 
hand injected with a hypodermic needle. So this is when he would take the photos and these these photos would complement the journals that we were reading. Wow. This is a crazy one. James Ferris bound, gagged and injected. You see oh, all the, yeah. the needles oh. right there? Oh my God. The needles are just right there. Now, remember I said the needles, these needles right here, as we talked about earlier, were, were hooked up to the, uh, the, the transformer machine. Mm. So this is the first time he thought, wow, you know, this would be a lot easier than the alligator clips, which is kind of a hassle. Those you can't put alligator like on your back, for instance. The alligator clip doesn't really stick on someone that's skinny like that. Yeah. You know, you there you can't get enough fat. So if you just stick a needle, you can put a needle anywhere and just stick the wire straight up to that. And that's what he was doing with the with the uh, thing. It's actually very innovative. Some of the techniques he used. I'm just saying because you want to call it that. Well, I've, I've covered a lot of serial killers and and I've never heard anyone do the things he did to like stop them from uh, knowing what's going on, like mm. the uh, blinding them and putting in their ears stuff like that uh here's an this guy robert sheldon i showed you this one he just passed out and this is an unknown one huh. couldn't find this guy i don't know who this was one of the victims we covered but yeah. that look is what every horror writer tries to write about but none of them can in fact when we covered the um like i'll never forget this we covered the three guys one hammer they interviewed that 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 horror he's like this horror guy mm -hmm. in spain he's like the rob zombie of spain horror and he said he watched it and he said, no, I, I, he couldn't even watch it. The, it was an eight minute video of this guy getting beat. And he was and, and that stuff doesn't sell horror at all. Like no one wants to see that. You know, it, no one really wants to see that shit. And this is the stuff like here. I mean, because it's just too much, man. I don't know. That's yeah. just my opinion. That's awesome. Anyway, that's Bob Berdella. That's pretty much all about Bob, Bob Berdella. What do you think? Kind of crazy, eh? Yeah, he's a wild one. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm, I'm done with Bob Berdella. Gonna, in my opinion, he didn't live up to Dahmer, man, at all. I, you know, I'm still chasing the high, and I haven't found it yet. I will find it. There's got to be someone worse than Dahmer. I hope you guys enjoyed that. My name is John. This is Talk More Movie Podcast. I'm sitting here with Jen and Nicole, and we release episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We live stream every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. You can also play trivia with us right there in the live chat. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.